This podcast is designed for you to discover more about who you are, to challenge your old adopted beliefs, and to expand your awareness at what's really possible. I'm Adam Esco, and this is The Unspoken Agreements. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Unspoken Agreements podcast. Thanks for being here. This is Adam Esco, your host. Excited to have you here. Going to jump into an important topic here, how to build an amazing team culture and really going to break down the four key elements to building an amazing team. There's someone that does a lot of work in this space named Patrick Lencioni, Lencioni, who I have a great deal of respect for. He has an amazing podcast. He's written two fantastic books. I'll, I'll reference them from time to time. Um, one of them, Five Dysfunction of the Team, the other, uh, The Ideal Team Player, both fantastic. Um, so I'm going to share a bit about what he talks about here, kind of the highlights. And guess what? I'm going to disagree with him a little bit. And I'm going to disagree with him as it relates to building the amazing team culture in a dental office, in a small to maybe medium-sized dental office. And I'll share what I feel is important. One of the things that both uh, Patrick Lencioni and Jim Collins says is you got to get the right people on the bus. Like that is number one. You got to do that first. You got to hire people that are culture fit. You got to define what your core values are and you got to search for that when you interview. And I'm agreeing with every single bit of that. Um, He actually has a really cool... um, pertinent core values that he searches for when he looks for any new hire. And he describes this person as hungry, humble, and smart, which really means emotionally smart, emotionally intelligent. Um, In my opinion, in my opinion, that is not the first step. That is when you feel like you already have that built. If you feel like you've already built a culture around you and you're just, and it's exactly the way you want it to be, then yes, that is the next logical step. When you have a new position or you're, you, uh, someone leaves a current position, then you go for a new hire that's um, a culture fit for you. And if you do not, and this is a big one, and most offices do not have this, then the first step is absolutely stepping back, getting super clear on knowing exactly what you want, having real, real self-awareness in this being able to communicate what your core values are to yourself and to all of your team members is super important. Getting the culture that you want established first is paramount, is paramount. I have a story to illustrate this and it's a very personal one and I'm gonna go right into it. When I was working at my father's practice, I did not have the culture that I wanted at all. And we were, we, uh, we had just had one of our administrative assistants uh, leave the practice, which opened up a new space for me to have someone that I could come in and have kind of my point person handle uh, all, all of the things that I needed to for patient scheduling, um, marketing, collaboration, whatever. So I, I was really... I, I was really, really excited about hiring this person. And it took me months of searching and we went through a couple people and it didn't work at first. And finally, 
I, 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 God, I, the perfect person, the absolute A plus 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 of my values match, my absolute core value match, came in, and she was incredible. She was smart. She was friendly. She collaborated. She was um, compassionate, humble, had capacity, had desire to learn. And, uh, my, my assistant and I were like heaven we were in heaven. In fact, for the very first set month that she'd been there and she had virtually no dental experience. Very, I think she worked in one dental office for a blip. She had virtually no dental experience. So we had to train her even you knew something was good when the training was actually like partly enjoyable. Like, wow, this person is, you actually want to be around this person. That first month, regardless of her not having the experience, was one of our most productive months that I ever had on the books. That very, very first month, most productive months. And it happened to be one of our most enjoyable, despite the fact that we had to spend all this time and effort training this person. We were a smaller, smaller office at this point. Um, now, for the kicker. For the kicker, I'm, I'm going to be sitting down for this. If you want to stand up, go ahead. For, it was about six or seven weeks when uh, we got wind. She said, hey, I, I just want to talk to you. And she brought in her staff. She's like, I'm really, really sorry, um, but I am going to be leaving. I want to give you my notice, my two-week notice. And uh, and we were crushed. My assistants and I, we were like, we were we were totally, totally crushed, blindsided and crushed. And I was like, what? I, I think I remember exactly what I said. The first, very first response I said was, no, that, you just think of all the O's. But instead of just saying that inside my head, I said that out loud. Kind of exactly like I just said that here. Um, and I was like, really? What's going on? Like, so then, I'll, you know, I didn't want to fill in with my own stories of why she's leaving. And at first she didn't really say, she's like, I'm into um, computer design. And that's really where my heart is. And I think I'm just going to go try to uh, find, um, go go to my, my dream, you know, dream work sooner rather than later. And I totally get that. I said, I understood. Is there anything we could do to keep you here? And she really said no. Later on, as I kept on being persistent and really wanted to understand, and by the way, I understood when people want to leave to do what they're passionate about, like that, that makes sense. Obviously, that's something I have been doing firsthand and and still fully believe on, but I really want to understand if there was something else. And what I came to understand was that it was actually difficult for her to communicate with uh, someone else in our office who was um, more bossy, I guess is the word I'm going to say, more bossy, uh, more territorial. Um, and... And she said it was a challenge. She kind of brushed on the rug, like not the reason she was leaving, which might be true. But I at least um, provided a space for her to share with me that there was someone in the office that was making her life a little bit more challenging, if not actually tangibly in the work that she was doing from an emotional standpoint. Um, and that really brought up a ton of emotions for me. Um Ultimately, when I when I was able to put the emotions down, the emotions of frustration, of anger, whatever that is, I realized I learned a real important lesson, which was if the soil of the office is not 
what you want it to be when you bring in a new seed. Wow, I'm just getting so metaphorical here. Um, I'm going to stick with the metaphor. If the soil is not what you want when you bring in a new seed, when you plant a new seed, when you bring in a new hire, a new person, then the the they'll never feel like they uh, want to be there. If it is an absolute amazing new person that's coming into your office, yet the office's culture is not based off of what you want it to be and what was a value match with this person, then it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And we didn't have the office culture. We were very disjointed at this time. We had very different visions, my father and I, and what we wanted the culture to look like. Not to say one was right or one was wrong, but they were just different. Um, and And for me, mine was very, very much... Uh, based off of team, based off of sharing, based off supporting one another, based off of mutual respect. Um, and we didn't have that. And so when you try to bring someone in that actually shares that vision with you, that has that those same values, and then they aren't actually living in it, then they might want to leave. And so this may have just sped up the process with that, for all I know. Um, but that's the lesson here. The lesson here is to to actually take the time and build the culture that you want. It's building it from the inside out. It's assessing who is on your team. If you don't have it right now, it's assessing who's on your team. And uh, even, even before that, it's first understanding what are your core values? What do you stand for? Like what's really, really important to you when you're communicating with the other people in your office? Um, what is important to you as it results as it relates to you treating your patients? Who, what do you stand for? What are your how is it that you see the world? Um, how can you define that? Once you know what that is, then it's actually communicating that person by person with the office. Some people are just going to be naturally aligned with that. They know you. They're the same way. You might not have to have much communication with that. Other people that you may want to retain, it's going, in my opinion, it's going to take one-to-one communication with those people to express and articulate that and get clear on that. And seeing if they have the capacity or desire to change. That's really important. Do Does this person who might be good at their work or patients might really love them, do they have the capacity or desire to change? And if the answer is yes, fantastic. Then you could either help train them more communication, get outside help to train this person so that um, they become a culture uh, value alignment with yours get them on the bus, so to speak. And if not, that is something that you're going to want to 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 let them go and find a bus that's better for them, right? If there's going to be someone that's not going, I'll give you a couple examples here. Maybe let's just say you're someone that values um, humility. This is an example that Patrick Lencioni uses, so it's um, fresh, fresh in my mind. Um, and then you, so that, and with humility, it kind of means that everyone talks to one another with mutual respect. With um, there's not like uh, one person talking down to another or rolling their eyes at another person. Um, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about here. So that's important to you. So that, but you have this person that you're not really sure it really values that, that doesn't embody that. Um, and yet at the same time, they are someone that gets things done right away. Um, 
they uh, are really, really good at their job. Maybe they do their work, the work that two people would do, but they don't really have the desire to be or capacity, right? Two things. Desire is like, hey, do, do they want to change? Are they on board with, hey, trying to um, really making a conscious effort to become more humble if that and that might be difficult to do? Or do they have the capacity, right? Are they able to do it? Are they are they? Uh, the type of person that actually has capacity. Not everyone has the same capacity for certain values. You know, we have these, the, the way we see the world, and it might take longer for some people to see the world the way you see it. And if the answer is no, then you may have to let them go because of the reason that I said before, it's going to be really, really hard. I'll, I'll share this with you in a second, why that is. But I want to at least give you another example. Another example would be if you are, let's say you're someone that's very growth oriented and want to keep learning, want to keep growing, want to be the best version of yourself as possible, and you want the office to embody that too. You want everyone in the office to feel like, hey, we're going to keep learning together. We're going to keep figuring out how to do things better um, and for people to become more incentivized in their own growth. Um to take it on themselves so you're not having to pull people through the mud. Um, but then you have, you think of this one person in your office that, again, maybe patients really love this person. They're, they, some patients really just look at them and love them and love being around them, but they're always so resistant, resistant to um, the things that you want to implement that are new in the practice. Maybe it's a uh, any new system that you come up with, a better way to do something, and they're just like resistant to change. Uh, same question you want to ask yourself. Is this, and this is a conversation you could have one with this person, one, 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 is you get, again, clear on what you want for the vision of the practice. And two is articulating that to them, really communicating that and say, listen, I think this is what you're amazing at. And then you figure out, hey, I want you here. Are you are you going to have, uh, are you on board with, with making the change and how can I support you with that if you are, right? So it's actually assessing, does this person have the desire or capacity to um, be on board with the culture that you want to set for yourself? And you may know the answer to that in, intuitively. You really may know the, you may have seen enough, you may seen enough evidence of that already. Or you may say something like, I, I have seen a lot of evidence that shows that it's not this. My alarm, my meditation alarm goes off. I love it. Um, I may, I may have seen a lot of evidence of this. And I have, but, and, and, I'll say and. And I haven't actually tried expressing what I want um, to this person in a, in a real heart-to-heart one-to-one. And giving them another chance to see if they could rise up and, and be a part of this new culture that we're building. And maybe you decide to do that. So that's all number one. Um, that's all number one. The second the second step is, again, once you're really clear on what you want, is to hire. An, and let's say you have an opening, right? So it's actually to bring in someone to attract and hire two separate things, to attract the people and then to hire the person. And you're doing that with very specific intention. You're actually assessing and hiring through a lens or through a filter of your core values. This is why I think it's so important to get clear on what you want and what you stand for and what your core values are, because then everything gets seen through that lens. You actually define what that is. 
right? Growth-oriented. Growth-oriented means uh, wanting to learn and improve themselves in the office. I mean, that's an example. You could create whatever you want. Humility means talking to people uh, with mutual respect and not having one person being better than the other, willing to do the the dirty work because they willing to will. How do you show humility? Humility would be willing to um, clean the bathroom, right? Let's say you have someone that's not willing to clean the bathroom. Um, and that's important to you. So then that's something you assess for in an interview. Hey, you know, sometimes people come in here and uh, everyone takes turn cleaning the break room or the bathroom. Is that something you're okay with? And just seeing their reaction. Again, these are examples that you could use and customize to the values that matter to you. Okay, the third. The third is actually orienting people, giving people the task and responsibility so once you have let me back up let me back up going mile a minute over here going a mile a minute all right we're going a mile a minute see my voice just changed because i just took a breath and slowed down the third thing is once you have the people on your team that are a match that doesn't end right there it's actually allocating the tasks and responsibilities that best suit them and that is especially important for yourself too. For instance, you may be someone that can lead the team meetings, but should you? You may be someone that can do some of the ordering, but should you? It's actually finding th the natural strengths and gifts that people have. And I don't think people, enough offices do this intentionally. And I think it's a mistake. I think it's mistakes. There are some people that are naturally implementers, that are doers, that are follow-throughers. You give them a to-do list and they're going to knock it out and they're going to feel an amazing sense of accomplishment. And then there are some other people so you give them a to-do list and you probably know this. You're probably thinking about either yourself, your husband, your wife, your kids, the people in your office. You give them a to-do list and they're, they're going to get stuck. They're not going to want to go through with it. Other people are more visionary, the more big ideas. They may be better suited with your office growth. They might have some great marketing ideas, um, internal or external. Yeah, and then there's some other people that might be really good at improving the systems of the practice. Um, and you can give them more responsibilities, or they could take on, I should say, more responsibilities to... Um, to, to kind of focus on that. So finding what people's natural strengths are, and I'm going to create uh, an assessment for people to help get this information so that people can, so that the leaders can really plug and play the tasks and responsibilities that best suits everyone individually. And by the way, things are consistently changing, right? You get a new person, it might, it might take shuffling around, consistent change, but that way the office is continually flowing and and optimizing and people are living in their natural strengths and it feels more fun and fulfilling when when you're doing that energetically that's what i've found the last piece of this puzzle right so we got the first thing is building the culture if you don't have it building it up um def knowing what that looks like for yourself first what those core values are communicating that individually uh one-on-one -on -one with people once you have it then you actually look through and hire through that lens, you attract the people that are going to be a culture fit, a culture match. And then three is actually shuffling, continuing to reassess, reshuffle, because there's new things that come up in the office all the time. It's 
shuffling task responsibilities roles based off of people's natural gifts. The last piece of this is healthy communication, which which if you don't have the first step, well, excuse me, let me say that again. Healthy communication is huge. And this is going, I'm going to be doing multiple, multiple, multiple podcasts on this, breaking it down. But for now, we'll keep it more broad. Healthy communication is the same as if you don't have the culture match, how you start building that through healthy communication. It's stepping back and getting clarity on your vision, understanding what it is that you and the people of your office really, really want and care for, what they're all your what your desire is as individually and as an office. And then it is stepping back and building trust. Number one, setting agreements and expectations. It's getting reps around this. So like building the brain and and the mind around, hey, this is how healthy communication is going to work in our office. Um, This is how we're going to talk to each other. Um, it's a, for a new hire, an example would be, Hey, if you, I, I want, I want to share with you, if you ever have a problem, please bring it to me because I care about every single person here. I care about you. And when you come bring a solution too. so don't just bring a problem, bring a solution to, I want to train. It's going to be really helpful for, uh, your ideas to be expressed. They are important. I don't have all the answers. I don't want to put all the pressure on myself. I value every single person here and the ideas they have. And at the same time, I can't promise that I'm going to implement all your ideas, but I'm going to listen. And if we, if I don't, then I'll try to give you an explanation, right? That's an example of how you, um, how you could healthy, healthily communicate and how someone else can receive that and feel valued and you're showing transparently to someone else um, how things are working here and you could do that at any time point it just it, it's a little bit different when you're starting from hey this person's been in the office for 15 20 years and now you're having more communication about how the future communication is going to have and I will talk about that and in, in, in more podcasts and give you tips and tools on how to do that that is where we're going to hold off the four steps um, and I will jump heavily into heavily uh, healthy communication and how to really build a culture around that but just from a broad perspective it is going to be a establishing the culture from the inside out first you have to have that healthy soil that we talked about so that when you want to build your dream team and the culture that you want you're doing it with the people that you have around you that you want to keep and giving them an opportunity the ones that you want to um to rise to meet your core values and once you have that and then it's continually uh hiring and attracting people that match that culture and then when they come in it's already built it's already it's already been established and then periodically often it's continuing to plug and play the people that you have with the different tasks and responsibilities and roles and shuffling around so that it people are living most of the time within their natural strengths and that is actually a really fun process when the more you um, continuing to do that it doesn't always get to happen sometimes you know we have to do things that we aren't naturally good at or aren't as fun to do but the more we could focus on hey this is uh, this person's really good at implementing this other person's really good at uh, coming up with ideas 
get out of here. The alarms keeps going off. I'm supposed to meditate. That's that's a sign to take it uh, take it and take it uh, finish this. Um, that could become more, much more fulfilling for everybody. And when people have uh, awareness and a voice around that, then they have buy-in too. And then finally, it's the healthy communication around trust, about around. Uh, setting agreements with people, um, setting expectations. I like agreements better than expectations. I'll talk about that um, in another podcast. And then I also, what we'll also do is get into, um, you know, ways to to communicate through team meetings, how everyone holds each other accountable, um, how everyone comes up with their own ideas. So you're not doing the work for them, that people are, uh, are delegating to themselves, are holding themselves accountable, and then you could start to learn how to trust them. So go out and do it. Start building your team inside out. Get it clear on where your core values are, what really, really matters to you. Uh, I'm here to support you, and uh, you got this. Make it a great day. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please visit me at www.adamesco.com.